The following program is paid for by the partners and viewers of the Life of Faith broadcast. Hello, this is Dr. Fry, and I want to thank you for taking the time to view today's broadcast. It is an honor and privilege to be able to come into your homes each and every week through the means of television and minister to you the living word of God. Today, I'm going to continue the series of lessons entitled Kingdom Realities, Finding Out Who You Are in Christ. I'm already receiving letters and emails and Facebook posts about how this lesson has impacted people's lives. And I'm sure today's lesson will do the same. So stay tuned, enjoy the lesson, and I'll return afterwards to share some exciting information with you. So be blessed. Let's join Dr. Wayne Fry for today's message, already in progress. After the born-again experience, we have the nature of God on the inside of us. So we have his DNA, praise God. So the characteristics, the nature of God is already in us. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Praise God. And so then we said, uh, reality, reality number three was, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So we enter into the kingdom through the born-again experience. Once born again, we become the new, cre new creation in Christ. And then also at the born-again experience, we become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So first, uh, excuse me, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, if any man be in the Christ, he is a what? new creature or new creation, old things are passed away, then all things have become what? New. Then verse 21 of that same chapter says, he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us that we might be what? Made the what? Righteousness of God in what? Christ Jesus. So the moment you were born again, you became the righteousness of God. Amen. And so that means that you, were, you are now right with God. So we, you know, we have a lot of definitions for righteousness, but uh, really to the point is that you are right with God now. In other words, you've, you've obtained the, you've, you are right with God or you are the rightness of God. You got that? So at the, at the born again experience, you are the righteousness of God. And we saw over in Romans chapter number one, verse 16 and 17 says the righteousness is revealed from faith to faith because we have to exercise our faith to remain in the reality of righteousness. Because sometimes, in some days, in some moments, we don't feel so righteous. But see, God's word is, not, is never based upon how you feel about it. It's never based upon how you feel at all. It's based upon what he has said, and then what you believe, and then act on based upon what he said. So it, even though I feel like I may have messed up, fallen short, I don't feel like I'm the righteousness of God, does not change the truth that you still are. Amen. How many thank God for that? Amen. That's why the Bible can say that God will never leave you nor what? Forsake you. Because we have this, sometimes we have this mindset about God that when we do wrong, he shuns us. 
But no, when we do wrong, that's when we really have the opportunity to experience the love of God like never before. Because God doesn't want us to run away from him when we do wrong. He wants us to run towards him when we do wrong because he's the only one that can help us fix it. And far too many people, when they fall short, they run from God instead of running to God. Amen. And so we say we want to get this and understand this so we can end up resting. And resting doesn't come until you know something is sure. See, when you know it's done, when you know it's finished, I can rest. And Jesus said on the cross before he gave up the ghost, he says, it is finished. So that means everything he had to do to get you in right standing with God had been done and now it's finished. Y'all got that? Now, I don't know if you uh, remember or not, but two weeks ago, we uh, had an illustration. We used uh, Master Kareem. We had him do some calisthenics and stuff uh, doing, our, doing our service because uh, sometimes people, when they fall short, they allow the condemnation and how they feel about themselves to make them feel like they've fallen out of God's grace. And so if where I'm standing represents the righteousness of God, when people mess up, sometimes they feel like they've fallen out of his grace and fallen from righteousness. But we showed you in that illustration that no matter what you do after you're born again, God's righteousness never leaves you. And see, this is hard for religious people to understand because religious people want to get uh, credit for what they do. They want blue ribbons for praying an hour a day. To walk around and say, I'm a master prayer. No. <laughs> but see, Jesus and God set this thing up that once he makes you right, you remain right with him at all times. Okay. Well, you know, like, like I said last time, you know, we, have, we made a cake and maybe a cake is a chocolate cake. How many know if you don't eat all that cake on the day that you make it, the next day you go back to that cake, that cake is not now a lemon cake. That cake remains chocolate until it's all gone. Isn't that right? So the same way if God makes you righteous, then you will remain righteous for eternity. So now what we do now of course, uh, affects us, but it doesn't affect our position with God. Because, see, when you get born again, and I'll just use myself as an example. When I got born again, I didn't know as much as I know now. After I got born again, I went back doing the same things I was doing the day before I got born again. Come on, talk to me, somebody. Don't look at me like you, you know, you straightened up and you was bowing before God and, oh, hallelujah. No, you was not. You went right back. And started doing the same things you were doing before you got born again. Why? Because your mind wasn't renewed yet. So now, if God is going to take righteousness away from you every time you make a mistake, you will have lost your righteousness the day after salvation. Come on. And now, after we lose our righteousness, if that's the case, how do we get it back? So the fact that we got to understand is, once you are righteous, you're always righteous. So at the born-again experience, 
you become as righteous as you ever will be for eternity. You can't become more righteous. But we're going to find out later in our lesson, you can do more righteousness. But you can't become more righteous. Everybody clear on that? Now, so you mean to tell me, Pastor, if a person doesn't do everything right, they remain the righteous of God? Yes, I'm saying that. And y'all, that ought to make you happy because. <laughs> See, y'all looking at me a little funny. You ought to be saying, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Because <laughs> we have not all done things right. And I'm so glad that God didn't strip me of my righteousness when I made a mistake. But that he was long suffering with me and that he sent people across my path to put a word in my ear to help me renew my mind so I can get it right and stay right. Y'all got that? So now that brings you to that brings us to a question. If. I am, or because I am, I should say it that way, because I am the righteousness of God and I never will lose my righteousness based upon what I do after I'm born again. What about sin? What about sin? I mean, if, if I can't lose my righteousness, then what's up with sin? That's a good question, isn't it? What's up with sin? And we're going to talk about that today, all right? Go to Ephesians. Go to the book of Ephesians, please. Because, see, some, some people hear this and be like, bless God. I can do, I can do whatever I want to do. Show glory to God. That's not what we're talking about. We're not telling you or teaching you this to give you a license to sin. And I'm going to show you very clearly why in just a few moments. All right, Ephesians chapter number 2. And we're going to look at verse number 8. All right. Ephesians 2, 8. And let me know when you get there. Okay. Let me, get, let me define for you what sin is. Okay. Sin is simply missing the mark. Say with me this morning, missing the mark. Okay. Sin is missing the mark. So anybody here play darts before? Anybody here play darts? Okay. A few people play darts. Anybody know what a dart board looks like? Okay. There are probably more people. You know, there's, you know, some rings around it. Oftentimes, they're alternating colors to the middle, and the middle dot is called the what? Bullseye, okay? So what you do is you stand a certain length away from the dartboard, and then you toss darts in the direction of the board in the hopes of hitting the what? Bullseye. If you hit the bullseye closest to it, you get more points. Got it? So the thing about it is, is God has created the Word of God. He has a standard. And God's standard is the bull's eye. And so now we endeavor to live our life to do things to hit the bull's eye. If we miss the bull's eye, it's called sin. It's called missing the what? Mark. If, if uh, not lying is the bull's eye. Be truthful to all your neighbor. Don't lie. That's the bull's eye. If we lie, we miss the what? Mark. Mark, which is equated to what? Sin. You got that? Okay, if the mark is flee fornication, that's the mark. That means if we fornicate, we what? Miss the mark or we what? Sin. 
Okay, if the mark is no adultery, if that's the mark, if we commit adultery, we've missed the mark and we have what? Sin. Y'all see that? So sin is just simply missing the mark. There's a mark that God has created based upon his word, and when you miss it, it's called sin. Got that? Okay, all right, all right, all right, go ahead. Now, Ephesians chapter number 2, verse 8 says, For by grace, by what? Grace are you saved through faith. I love this next part. And not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Okay, look at verse number nine. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So verse number eight says we are saved by what? Grace. Grace means uh, favor. In other words, God favored us so much that he allowed us to be saved by that favor. Got it? And so he says, not of yourselves. It's a gift. So that means if it's a gift, you didn't do anything to receive it. Because how I many know you shouldn't have to work for gifts? How I many know when you, it's payday on your job, your boss shouldn't wrap up your paycheck? And talk about, bless you, this is a gift for you. There ain't no gift. I work for this. Now, it's cool for them to put a bonus in a little nice wrap card with a bow on top. Because, see, that's favor. But the paycheck is something that you work for. And so God says that you've been saved by this favor, not of yourselves, it's a gift. So a gift is to be received. And then the Bible says, not of yourselves, lest any man should boast. Now, the reason why Paul wrote this is because the mindset of the people that they, of that day is that they had to do things to make themselves right. So in other words, they were going about trying to create their own righteousness instead of receiving the righteousness from God. So in other words, they prayed 10 times a day, or they went to the temple uh, three, time, three times a day, or they gave, you know, uh, all the time. So they did these things in an effort to make themselves right in the eyes of God. And Paul says, forget about that. This salvation through grace is a gift, not of yourselves, lest any man should boast. Because if it was based upon what you do, we'd have somebody stand up talking about how much they did. But no, we don't talk about how much we did, how much we did to get what God, what God uh, gave us. No, we talk about how much Jesus did because we receive it all through him. Amen. And if he be lifted up, he'll draw all men unto himself. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So he says, we're saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves, lest anyone should boast. All right. Listen to this in the uh, message translation. It says... Uh, all we do is trust him enough, let him do it. It is God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. No, we neither make ourselves, make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. Ha, ah, glory to God. He does both the making and the what? Saving. So now, we're saved by Grace, through faith, is a gift from God. Say with me this morning, it's a gift from God. 
All right, now, now, that's, we're talking about sin now, so let's go a little further. Go to Romans chapter number 6 now. Go to Romans chapter number 6. So what about this sin thing? If I can't lose my righteousness through sin, what about sin? I think it's an excellent question to, not, to ask. Okay. Romans 6.1. Let me know when you're there. Okay, great. It says, what shall we say then? Here we go. Shall we continue in sin that grace may what? Abound. What were we saved by class? Grace. So Paul's saying, asking the question, Paul says, now, or question is being asked, now that I understand this grace piece, should I continue in sin so I can keep receiving grace? Or is grace for, is grace used to cover my sin? That's basically the question that he was asking. But look at verse number two, first part. It says, God, what? Forbid. Forbid. In other words, absolutely not. So the question is, should I continue to sin so this grace can keep covering my sin? The Bible says, no, 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 and again, no. So you're not saved by grace and become the righteousness of God so that you can keep on sinning. And just trust that that grace will continue to cover your sin. All right, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you what, what, you, what you're saved for or what this grace is for. Okay, now, go now to Romans chapter number 8. Go to Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to make one statement, and then we'll, we'll look at this, okay? Romans 8. Look at this here. Listen to this. Y'all ready? Okay. We are not to use the grace of God to sin. Listen very carefully. But rather understand that grace has freed us from sin. Let me say that again. I said, we are not to use grace to sin, but to understand that this grace has freed us from sin. Okay, I got to say it again because y'all not getting it. Y'all not getting it. Because, see, too many people are looking for excuses. See, people want to do some things because the Bible says, the Bible says very clearly in Hebrews chapter number 11 that Moses chose to give up all that Egypt offered to go back to get, get his people. And he said he was willing to leave all those riches and the pleasures of sin for a season. So the scripture is telling us that sin is pleasurable. Thank you for about seven honest people in here today. About seven. Yeah, amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Why in the world would you keep doing it if it wasn't pleasurable? <laughs> if it was not pleasurable, you wouldn't keep doing it? I mean, any, any person in the right mind is smart enough to know if, it, if it's not pleasurable, I ain't doing this no more. You, ain't, you, don't need no, you don't even need Holy Ghost for that, man. No. This is not pleasurable. Let me stop doing it. 
That's why some of us can't last a long time in our exercise routine. Because sometimes exercising is not what? Hello? Your muscles start aching and hurting. You start sweating and carrying on. And you start getting cramps and carrying on. And be like, Lord, no. I ain't going back in that gym. And then you buy a membership. You, pay, you, you, you sign a contract for five years for a gym membership. And you go three times. And you don't go back. And they keep zapping your card every, every month. Zap, zap, zap. But why, do you, why don't you go back? Because exercising is not pleasurable. You'd rather sit down and eat something. <laughs> oh, see, y'all ain't. See, I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to stay on the surface. But see, y'all going to make me go a little further. So you've deemed eating more pleasurable than working out. So you stop working out because it's not what? Pleasurable, but you keep Because <laughs> it's what? Pleasurable. Same thing with sin. You keep sinning because you sin it's pleasurable. You like, you like the way, you know, a few drinks make you feel? Kind of lighten the load. Take the pressure off. Allow you to relax. That's all alcohol is, is depressing. It's designed to chemically change your mood. That's all it is. Back in the West, out in the West, it's called spirits. We call it the ABC store. <laughs> Y'all hear what I'm saying? No, when we was in Oklahoma, the, 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 the liquor store was called wine and spirits. And I said, wow, that makes it plain, doesn't it? <laughs> wine and spirits. You're going to get some spirits up in that wine. <laughs> but you like the way you like you like the way it make you feel. So you keep what? Doing it. The Bible says your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. You keep. Uh, you keep having sex with that person you're not married to because it's pleasurable. Oh, y'all ain't going with me on that one, okay. And it went too deep for some of y'all. Just stick with eating, Pastor. Stick with eating. Stick with eating. Stick with eating, Pastor. Stick with eating. That's why you keep, that's why you keep doing it. You keep doing it because it's what? Pleasurable. Thank you for that amen back there. <laughs> Appreciate that. Glory to God. Got one with me, man. Got one with me. I'll say this statement one more time. We are not to use the grace of God to sin, but rather understand that grace has freed us from sin. Got that? All right, let's, let's go to Romans 8 now. Let's go to Romans 8. Let's take, take a look at this. Verse number 1, Romans 8, 1. You there? There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in what? Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Verse 2 is the key verse I want to look at. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus 
has made me free. Shout free. Free, free from the law of what? Sin and death. Shout, I've been made free. Say it like it means I've been made free. The Bible says the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of what? Sin and death. So before you were born again, there was a law of sin and death working in your life that made you do some things that, 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 that was called sin. And you couldn't break away from it because you were still under the law of sin and death. But when you got born again, received this grace, you now receive the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and you've been made free from the law of sin and death. In other words, the chains of sin, the chains of death has been broken off your life. And you cannot be handcuffed anymore because of the grace of God. And I don't know anyone who, under, who would understand this be made free from something, and then go back and voluntarily participate in it. It's like you are incarcerated, and they say, you're free to go. But you walk outside and be like, I won't go back in. <laughs> go back in, go back in the cell, shut the door, lock it yourself, and throw the guard the key. Say, I'm going to stay right here. No, if you get set free, you run as far away as you can from that which has you bound. So why in the world do we get freed from sin and then voluntarily get back in sin? Praise the Lord. I pray that you enjoy today's lesson on kingdom realities, finding out who you are in Christ. I believe the enemy has done a good job deceiving God's people and preventing them to see their true identity in Christ. Through this lesson, I'm endeavoring to show you from the word of God who you are in Christ. You have authority. You have dominion. You are a child of the living God. And it's, in time, it's time for us to embrace that identity and walk it out as the word says so. Now, I was not able to put the entire lesson on today's broadcast because of time restraints, but you can get this six CD set or the six DVD set for your own faith library. The price is at the bottom of your screen. Call now, write us now, go onto our website and get this series in your faith library because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, before I let you go, I do want to encourage you to consider partnering with us as a life of faith partner. It means a lot to me for you to support this broadcast because it will let me know that you are receiving from it and also will enable us to reach others just like you through this television outreach. So the announcer is going to come behind me in just a moment or so to give you more information about the Life of Faith Partnership. And I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you to link up and connect with me to help take this gospel all around the world through television and missions. Until next time, continue to live the life of faith. God bless you.
You've been watching the Life of Faith broadcast with Dr. Wayne A. Fry. We pray that your faith has been strengthened and your heart encouraged by the Word of God. This broadcast can be viewed 24-7 at no charge at www.fccintl.org. Join with us next time on this station for another life-changing message with Dr. Wayne A. Fry.